Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. My friends, nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Unprocessed chocolate called cacao is rich in theobromides and PEAs, which are neuroactive alkaloids that boost the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins in your brain, which make you feel alive and well. In addition, cacao is rich in polyphenols, including EGCG. In fact, it's more potent than green tea in that powerful polyphenolic antioxidant. And that improves the inflammatory process. It helps induce autophagy, where your body literally starts to heal and repair itself. And also, that protects you from oxidative stress. Now, my favorite brand of cacao powder is Cacao Bliss which starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, which allows them to maintain the integrity of their powerful health benefits. Then they take the cacao and they blend it with turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs. They use MCT oil, which helped uh, help turn into ketones quickly in your system. They use coconut, they use Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper, and they sweeten it with monk fruit for the perfect blend that tastes fantastic and helps balance and stabilize your blood sugar. Now, these ingredients, they enhance your mood, your memory, and your mindset, and they really help you experience pure bliss when you consume them, and that's why they call it cacao bliss. So if you're a chocolate lover, a superfood enthusiast like me, or someone who wants to experience life at a higher level, I invite you to try them out. You can get cacao bliss at this website, eartheecofoods.com forward slash David Jockers. That's Earth. Echo or E C H O foods.com forward slash David Jockers and use the coupon code, just my first name, David, to get 15% off of your order. Cacao Bliss is a low carb, gluten free, GMO free, vegan, paleo, and keto friendly superfood powder that you can put in protein shakes. You can throw it in some almond milk, coconut milk. You can replace your coffee with it if you like. You can put it in different baked goods. A lot of people will use it to make different chocolate fat bombs, chocolate muffins, chocolate protein shakes. So try it out today. Again, eartheecofoods.com forward slash David Jockers and use the coupon code David to save 15% off today. Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. Today, I've got an exciting interview where we talk about the mTOR pathway. We talk about AMPK pathway and autophagy. So we talk about these nutrient sensing pathways, how they impact longevity, inflammation, mitochondrial health, and so much more. We talk all about intermittent fasting, uh, different fasting strategies that you can apply to help improve your overall health. And I have got Dr. William Shu. And he went to Cornell University for college and he received his medical degree from Mount Sinai School of Medicine. He completed his internal medicine residency training at Yale School of Medicine and completed his fellowship training in endocrinology and metabolism at Harvard Medical School. He was assistant professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. After 20 years of a distinguished career as an endocrinologist at Harvard's Jocelyn Diabetes Center, He joined El Nutra in 2019 as chief medical officer. In his role, 
Dr. Shu leads the clinical development effort at El Nutra. He oversees the medical affairs department and advances the education and, and adoption of fasting and fasting-mimicking diet as an innovative tool to extend human health span. So really powerful stuff, guys. You guys are going to really enjoy this interview. Um, you know, with Dr. Shu, he has so many great points that he discusses in here. I love how we talk about, um, you know, like a nutrient sensing, these kind of nutrient sensors in our system. And, um, you know, it's just powerful information that you guys are going to love. Now, I will say that I didn't really, um, I don't fully agree with everything that he says here. In fact, I'm a huge advocate of intermittent fasting. And, um, you know, when you are in your eating window, I'm a big fan of consuming a lot of protein, particularly animal-based protein. He's more of an advocate of a plant-based diet, which is fine if it works for you. But I find that most people do really well with implementing intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding, having a short eating window, you know, somewhere in that six to eight hour eating window, um, and implementing good quality grass-fed, uh, organic animal products. So I find that that is very, very powerful. And I also think that you can get many of the benefits that are associated with a fasting mimicking diet or an extended fast with regular extended intermittent fasting, such as doing like a 18 hour fast on a regular basis, and then a 20 to 24 hour fast once a week and incorporating exercise at the end of the fast. One of my key strategies for really driving up more autophagy in your system, doing fasted, deep fasted exercise, again, where you're fasted in like a 24 hour, 20 to 24 hour time period, and then implementing exercise there, um, high intensity exercise, making sure you're hydrated, of course, right? Um, and that's a way to really stimulate more autophagy, more cell turnover, breakdown, and um, regeneration, more cell recycling. And so, again, I don't agree with everything he said, but the conversation is fascinating. You guys are going to love this. And, uh, you know, I love what El Nutra is doing with all the research. So we definitely want to support them and shower them with love. Um, they are key players in this industry and in getting this information out about fasting, about utilizing fasting as a tool for anti-aging, for reducing inflammation and supporting overall metabolic and immune health. And so we've got to get this information out. There's not a whole lot of people that are doing research. It's hard to get funding for this sort of research. And so El Nutra is really helping with that, right? And uh, I think we're all so intrigued to learn more about things like when autophagy starts, which I talk about in this interview, towards the end of the interview, Dr. Shu and I have a discussion about that. So check that out, guys. You guys are going to love this. Be sure if you haven't already to give us a review, five-star review on Apple iTunes or shop or um, Spotify um, or wherever you're listening to this. Give us a review and guys, let's jump into this podcast. Dr. Shu, welcome to the podcast. David, thank you for having me on your show. For sure. And let's get started by talking about health span. This is something you've studied in great detail. And most people, when they think about longevity, they just think about a number, right? They think about, hey, I want to live till I'm 90, 95, whatever it is. They're not really considering health span. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about living long, but, um, but it's actually the, the whole idea of health span is not a, a foreign concept, right? As we look around the people, the, the people that are loved ones, we don't hate to see them old and suffer, right? So from for, for their conditions and from their chronic illnesses, what we really like to see is they live long, healthy. And that's really the idea of health span. It's the amount of time you spend living while healthy. And yeah. that ought to be our goal, not just living longer. Yeah. And, and how do we define that? Because I mean, the reality is that there people are living longer these days, but you know people are spending a lot of time in a nursing home, assisted living, on many medications, and really just not, you know, like I, I think about my my um, my wife's grandfather, and he lived till he was, I believe, eighty six. But I mean, he was on so many medications: kidney failure, heart failure, all these types of things. I mean, literally twenty years, modern medicine kept him alive, but he wasn't really thoroughly enjoying his life. He was going to doctor's appointments, you know, a few times a week. Um, I mean, at the end he was nearing dialysis. I mean, he wasn't, he was just hanging on. Medicine was keeping him alive. Thank God for that. We were yeah. happy for that, but he wasn't really thriving. 
And David, that was such a good insight. It was the modern medicine that kept people alive. It wasn't the 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 the, the basic functions of the body that kept them alive, right? So it wasn't how you took care of yourself that kept you alive. It was all the medications, and that is the difference. Uh, there there are building mechanisms in our body that help us to to age gracefully and age healthy, and, and that's what I think. I think the twenty first century scientists are always looking for that answer now. Yeah. Cause we want to be 80, 85 years old, being able to go and pick up our grandchildren, right? Play with them, <laughs> uh, play golf, you know, playing recreational activities, things like that. That's really when we're enjoying great health span. And, and so, you know, that's why this is such an important topic because people are living longer, but people aren't healthy. Right. And so they're, they're suffering. There's a lot of years of suffering there at the end of their life. And so let's talk about the role of nutrition and how that impacts our health span. It's no surprise that, you know, we are what we eat and how everyday nutrition plays into that. That's not a debate. I think everybody understands if you eat crappily, you're not going to expect to live healthy mm -hmm. long. Um, and, but there's also the, the flip side of the coin that is, yes, we know that we should eat well. We should eat healthily every single day, but it is difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Same thing. Yeah, we know, for example, that uh, we should not be overweight. But today, seventy percent of Americans mm. are either overweight or obese. So we yeah. know it's not just about the knowledge. Is how do we get there? How do we do it? Is there ways where we don't have to spend twenty four seven doing? Because that's yet another burden to to life, right? And and so are there new ideas? Are there new thoughts, new ways to tap into resources that we already have that gives us the, uh, the opportunity to live healthy alone without a commitment to more time, more energy, more dedications uh, that we know so well that we need to do, but we can't get to it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we always say you are what you eat and you are what you eat and absorb. Nutrition does play a, such a critical role in getting the right types of foods. But like you said, um, you know, the actual creating the habits and creating the rituals are, are, are what's so important. And if there's ways that we can streamline the process, obviously that's always advantageous as well. And you and I are both huge advocates of fasting and there's a lot of different ways to implement fasting. You know, I talk a lot on this show about intermittent fasting. We've also touched on extended fasting. Uh, there's also time restricted eating. And can you go and, and kind of give us like the differential and, and kind of break down these different types of fasting strategies? And then also how fasting can be a core tool that we can use um, to help reduce inflammation and to improve our health span? That's a great question, David. Uh, fasting is both old and new, right? So we think about fasting, it's actually, if you look at carefully around all the biological world around us, most animals practice a lot of fasting, mm. right? Yeah. Foraging and hunting, they happen when, like, if you look, look at all the big cats, they hunt when they're hungry, and in between hunting, they go fasting. Mm -hmm. And because that's really the rule of nature, the, the nature of the, of, of the rule of nature is never that, it wasn't supposed to be that we have a metal box inside where it's stocked with available food for 24 seven, right? Yeah. That wasn't the, the nature's intent. The nature is intent is that um, that most of the time we go through periods of fasting. Yeah. And then when we the body needs the food, then we go and forage and gather and hunt. And that's the way it was supposed to be. So uh, anyway, uh, all the way from, from simple organisms such as yeast to fruit flies to rats to mammals to humans, that was supposed to be the rule that, that governs our the, the, the body, right? The, the, how the body functions. Uh, that's all changed with the invention of electricity. That's all changed with the invention of refrigeration. Now we have all this fast access to food. So let's talk about what really what nature really designed uh, us to do. Uh, you know, we the, the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening. The body has a built-in clock um, that is supposed to to wake up your gut or your body is supposed to be eating and active during the daytime. And when we go to bed, there's supposed to be, when the, when the sun sets, there's supposed to be no food. That mm -hmm. has always been the way. In fact, you know, in 2017, 
The Nobel Prize was given to three scientists that discovered the biologic clock. Inside every cell, not just in the brain, every cell actually has genes that encode for these, uh, these time concepts within the cells. And they are largely uh, synced up with the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun. That is a concept called time-restricted eating. When the sun rises, you eat. When the sun sets, you don't eat. And that's, in fact, one of the most popular fasting regimen that your listeners probably uh, have heard of or yeah. are practicing. Okay, and so that's time restricted eating, and and generally people do something like, for example, twelve twelve, uh, simply yeah. means twelve hours of eating, twelve hours of no eating, or if you have some metabolic goals, like you want to lose weight, you have very specific goals you want to achieve, you can extend that fasting period from twelve to fourteen to sixteen. Some people even do eighteen, right? So that means you're not so much concern about exactly what you eat, although it's a good idea to always pay attention to what you put in your mouth. But the new dimension to the conversation is how, how, what's the timing of your meal rather than what are you putting in your mouth? Yeah. That's really the differentiation. So that really usher in the whole, this, this new trend of what's called intermittent fasting. So the time restricted eating is one type of intermittent fasting. There are other types of intermittent fasting. By the, def the word definition, intermittent, intermittent, it means you're not fasting for a long period of time. You're doing that intermittently. Hmm. So uh, another type of intermittent fast is called the, the uh, alternate day fasting, where you're alternating fasting and then you eat, and then the next day you eat, and then the next day you fast. Uh, sounds great. Uh, a lot of my patients find it very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, it means you, you got to, you got to go through these kind of cycles, right? Eating, no eating, eating, no eating. Yeah. And there's definitely studies to show that they help with weight loss. They, they help to support metabolism. But for a lot of people, uh, they find it more difficult. There's also something called the 5-2 uh, fasting. That's also a type of intermittent fasting. Yeah. And so we're just two days out of the week. You're either on those two days, non-consecutive days, mm. you fast either no calories or you take something like anywhere that's less than 500, 800 calories. Yeah. And so those would be constituting your, as your uh, a fasting day. And then the next day or the non-fasting day, you just eat normally. And that seems to be a little bit more, more acceptable in, in the sort of the common culture. So that, those are what, what we call intermittent fasting. Yeah. Now, what is different between that and then, ex like when does extended fasting actually start? Yeah, David, that's a really good question. Uh, if you think about many of the cultures of the world, right, from European cultures uh, and, and American cultures uh, and, and European, you know, sort of uh, Asian cultures and African cultures, every culture has some sort of fasting components to it. <laughs> Actually, every yeah. religion has a component of fasting. And those are typically the, these extended fasts. For a couple of days, um, they just drink water. And tradition um, in these cultures and in these religious practices said that it not only cleanses your body, but also sharpens your focus. Mm -hmm. And then and they also reportedly have a lot of spiritual benefits as well. Those are what we're talking about. Generally, these are fasting, consecutive fasting for more than two days. Mm -hmm. And that's how we differentiate it from the intermittent yeah. fasting. Now, in terms of the effect of, of you know, how, how does intermittent, uh, the benefits of intermittent fasting, how does it differ from these long fasts? I think it's so important for our listeners to know, while intermittent fasting is really great for, uh, for weight loss, right? Intermittent fast is great for metabolic goals. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, the deep cellular impacts, the healthy aging, in impact really comes from mostly from the periodic fast. Mm. And, and how do we know this? We, we, saw, we see this plenty in the animal studies. Uh, when you do intermittent fast, they have the great, they lose weight and they have less fat, they have less visceral fat and a lot of their metabolic markers get better. But when you talk about elongation of the health span, when we're talking about improvement of that aging process, and many of the cellular benefits that we talk about that we know so much associated with the fasting, those are really, they, they really belong to the, the extended uh, fasting world. 
And and some of those cellular benefits, you know, some of the core components there, you're talking about autophagy, right? And really ramping up autophagy. And I'll let you talk about that. And also ketone production and um, mitochondrial biogenesis really get driven up as you get kind of beyond that second day. Is that correct? And can you explain yeah, those in more detail? That's exactly right. Just think about, you know, in a world where there's no refrigeration in the natural world, right? Where you actually have to go out and hunt and gather to get these food resources. Nature has designed it so that the body can withstand those time, extended period of time where there's no food available. And think about that. How does the body do that? Well, the, the body does it in, in, in several ways. One is to say, in, uh, is to say, hey, instead of all this, all the organisms dying during times of no food, the, 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 the selection process is so developed that when there is no food, the body says, hey, you know what? There's a stress to the body. All the cells says, hey, there's no food coming in. So we got to anticipate. How do we do this? Not one. We've got some stored uh, uh, materials in the body, right? One way is to say, let's tap into those fat storage that we've accumulated calories for a long time. And a lot of it are visceral fats, right? These are mm -hmm. fats in, inside the belly. Let's use them. So that's one way. So we begin to convert the source of calories from starchy food uh, more to the fat that's in our body. That sounds like a great story, right? When you mm -hmm. don't have when you don't have food available to, to be in, uh, taken outside, you tap into your own fat reserve and use them as a source. That's, that's a great story. We should do more of that in yeah. America, right? We should do right. more of that in, in modern society. Number two, on the sales level, the cell says, hey, look, there's no nutrients coming in, okay? Yes, we could tap into the fats, but we also got a clean house, meaning that are there part of the cells, each cell that are a little bit older, little bit more worn out that's a little less functional let's take them let's sacrifice them first and make break them down and use it to build new ones <laughs> that is that cellular recycling i'm not talking about elimination of one cell for another i'm talking about inside the cell the cleaning the cellular cleanse that there's a term called autophagy and that's what the, that, that is it's that replacement of older and more worn out parts, cellular parts for new ones. Uh, that term, the autophagy, the whole process uh, had won the Nobel Prize in 2016. Yeah. And it turns out that it's such a universal stress of, of, of no food coming to the body that almost every cell in the body goes through that kind of recycling. And so it's, it's so the fasting has such a universal impact on, on the cells in the body. It doesn't only affect your fat cell. It doesn't. It does not only affect your muscle cells, but affects almost every cell in the body. And that's really the new discovery that science was able to uncover what nature has designed. Yeah, so powerful. Thinking about how autophagy really regenerates these cells from the inside, or the cellular components from the inside. And, uh, you know, it's really the body's trying, it needs amino acids and it needs proteins and, uh, you know, we're not getting them dietarily, right. It's going to find them in kind of these, you know, the damaged components of the cell. And the unique thing, what's so interesting too, is that, you know, it's really the vitalistic kind of innate intelligence of the body that knows which, which areas are defective, right. To actually yeah. target first to break down the damaged areas before the healthier regions of the cell. It's also amazing that if you look at the cellular mechanism, even though uh, you know across the animal species, even from insects and even from worms, we're so different. But there's something that are so fundamental. These survival mechanism really hasn't changed too much. You know, mm -hmm. from yeast yeah. to worms to rats to mammals to humans. I mean, these are in the nature survival mechanism that has been designed and built into our body. Yeah. So interesting. And so when we look at kind of the building and the cleansing or repairing process of the body, we, we, we think about, we kind of simplify it uh, a little bit, but we think about two major pathways. We think about the mTOR pathway in the body and we think about the AMPK pathway, which is kind of associated with, with uh, autophagy and so what, you know, it's as we, you know, are developing, we're cycling through these, but our current modern day lifestyle kind of pushes us into, 
an mTOR dominance, right? A kind of a state of mTOR dominance. Can you explain that and you yeah. know how we shift out of that? Yeah, it's really interesting. There is a clear intersection between nutrition, fasting, and healthy aging. And um, it, it, it intersection is this. Um, when there is a lot of nutrients coming to the cells, what do the cells do? They say, hey, there's a lot of plenty of fuel. Let's grow. Let's get big. Let's multiply, mm. right? And because that's what it, yeah. nutrients do. And uh, but in our modern day, I mean, we, we don't need that. Meaning yeah. that unless you're uh, a child or you know, pregnant <laughs> woman, right? That's exactly right. When you're middle aged, uh, uh, like me, yeah, you I and me, need, you know. <laughs> So, I don't yeah. need to grow sideways. I don't need right. to have more cells, right? So, so instead, what we need is time from time to time, the body needs to clean up itself, right? And so, but how do the cells know if there's nutrients or not to tell them to grow or not? Well, there are these nutrient sensors in the body. Hmm. They're like the eyes and the ears and the nose. They sense nutrients. What do they sense? They sense amino acids. They sense glucose. They sense proteins, carbohydrates. So if you give them a lot, every day, they will never have time to say, hey, it's time to clean up because there's, mm. it's always time to grow, right? It's like a, a busy kid, right? Enamored with all the stimuli uh, of life, it never has a chance to rest. Mm. And we know yeah. in a long time, the kid is gonna be stressed out because yeah. there's too much stimuli, right? Yeah. So that's exactly what happened to the cell. The cells actually needs time of resting, needs time to say there's no food. You know, I give you another uh, analogy. It's almost like we are, we say oh, exercise is great for you. Really? What if you exercise three, four, seven for seven days? You will crash. Why? Because it's too, too much of a good thing. You need yeah. to have break from rest, uh, from exercise. You need break so that the muscle could be healed. Right. Because exercise is really catabolic. A lot of people think they're building muscle, when they're exercising they're and they, and they may feel a pump, right? They may get more blood flow in there. That makes it, makes it feel like that, but they're not actually building muscle. They're actually tearing it down. That's it's right. the recovery process where they build as long as they're getting enough nutrients and rest. And, and that's the same thing. When we fast, right? The cells are cleaning, they're breaking yep. it down. And it's the refeeding phase mm. that follows the fasting that allows the body to say, okay, now we cleaned house. We've got rid of all the excesses, the older, the more worn out. Now let's feed the body with good nutrients. So yeah. it's that repeated cycles of fasting and feeding that is so fundamental to health. Span. Yeah. Yeah. So important. It, yep. And that's real ancestral. Our ancestors, when food was available, they ate and ate a lot, right? They feasted. And when food wasn't available, they were in a time of famine, right? And like you said, they didn't get weaker right? They actually got stronger, more primed, and they were, they would be more effective hunters, more effective at gathering because, um, you know, their senses were heightened. There's a lot of physiological changes that take place when you're in kind of in that not starvation state, but hungry state. But that, that, that's exactly right. So let's come back to the, the mTOR and the PA. Yeah. So, because now when there is no signals coming to the body, then these ears and eyes and nose, these sensors get downregulated, meaning they get shut down. That means they're not seeing these nutrients. That means they're telling the cells, anticipate a period of no food. Okay, so, you know, I, I don't know, David, I mean, a lot of our listeners probably have gone through some tough time with, with COVID, maybe yeah. through employment, maybe through, you know, uh, company sort of, you know, has a budget, uh, has a budget uh, constraint. Think about that. That's a stress to the organization. There's no revenue coming in. What does the company do? The company says, hey, we better shape up. Is there fats we can trim? Is there excesses where it's not, you know, operationally, what's not efficient? Let's mm -hmm. fix that. And then when, it, when that, that reduced revenue is extended for a long period of time, the company might have to, to readjust workforce, right. right? That's exactly what happens to the body. When these mTOR signals, when these PKA, you know, the protein kinase signals and when IGF signals is reduced, the cell says, okay, we're in this state of stress. <laughs> and then we got to look for sources of, of energy. Let's, let's tackle the ones that are worn out and older and recycle them, right? But obviously, 
you know, every cell needs that period because that forces the cell to say, okay, I got to make a choice now. I got to clean up right now. If we don't fast, if we constantly eat 24 seven and we always eat plenty or throughout the year, we never give our body the chance to say, hey, what are the worn out? What are the older components of the cells? You know, we, we miss the chance for that cellular cleanse. Yeah, so critical. And so the other interesting thing that happens too is we actually, not only do we repair our mitochondria and the mitochondria are your energy sensors and energy producers within the cell, but we actually increase, we can increase the amount of mitochondria within the cells. And why does the body do that? Well, I mean, it's almost like you have a sponge, you're, 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 you're wringing it dry. Mm-hmm. And then, then you provide water. What does, what does it do? It expanded and right. it sucks up all the good stuff. And, and then it's that repeated cycle. And that's why fasting itself is by itself is never the solution. If you just deplete the cells and you don't give yeah. all the good stuff back, then, then that's not good. But if you, if you deplete the cells of these older type, and then afterwards followed by a good, clean nutrition, mm-hmm. more plant-based food following the fasting, then obviously you're going to enhance the function of, of, of many of these things that, that you have ditched and now you need it to replace. And, yeah. and that is the secret to why, you know, uh, if you look around uh, the blue zone regions of the world, these people who live greater than 100 mm-hmm. years old, the centenarians, fasting had always been part of their not they didn't they did not intentionally fast it was just the the, the challenges of, of of making a living you know sort of the environment does not provide 24 7 all around food and so uh, as part of their tradition as part of the environment the pressure of the environment placed on these centenarians that's part of a lot of their lifestyle it's characterized by a mix of intermittent fasting through time restricted eating when yeah. the sun rises, they eat. When the sun sets, they don't eat. And also by these periodic fasting where they are focused on, on either a religious goal or, or on a health mm-hmm. goal and, or uh, goals that or just pressures exerted by their environment where they have to go yeah. without food for a little while. Yeah, it's just kind of something that cultures have adopted, right? Mm-hmm. Something that they've done. Uh, again, like you said, either due to religious reasons, cultural reasons, um, health health benefits, or just the, the the stressors of the environment. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or you know really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut friendly, gluten free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. They're 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein, healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics, lots of key minerals and nutrients in there, and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them. And I know your family will too. So try them out today. So let's talk about, you know, the, the fasting mimicking diet is an interesting strategy. I know that's, you're working with El Nutra who has, you know, really taken this approach and done a tremendous amount of research to help us understand the benefits of fasting and extended fasting. And so let's talk about this fasting mimicking approach. Yeah, I think it's easiest to understand if we continue with the analogy that we used. Let's say if a company um, 
you know, is facing a, a, a shortfall in the revenue. And, you know, would it be better if the company makes no money for the next month or if we give them a little bit of money? Not because the company now is going to exercise, you know, exercise in, in just making sure that everything runs more efficiently. If yeah. you need a million dollars to run and you have zero dollar, that's going to be really stringent yeah. on, on the company. It's going to be really tough. But what if they're able to figure out a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or, you know, two hundred thousand dollars is nowhere near the million dollars they were making. A little bit of nutrient is going to go a long way to support essential functions of that organization. That's really the intention of the fasting mimicking diet. During a prolonged fasting, if, even though we talked about many of the benefits, but for some people, it's just too hard to do, number one. Number two, it could be too unsafe for a lot of our listeners to do because of their other you know, health concerns. And so by... By giving uh, uh, nutrients that fall below these detection level of these nutrient sensors that we sp spoke about, scientifically calculated, formulated to provide nutrients below the nutrient sensor of these eyes and ears of the cells. So while the body sees some nutrients to help them to sustain this period of fasting, those nutrients are not recognized by the cells. So the cells can still go through those times of, of autophagy going through that cycle because it's just not enough to trigger their sensors. Yeah. That's so there's really basically like a threshold yes. of nutrients you need. And this is a common question. You know, people are always asking me what, what breaks a fast, right? How many calories, what, you know, what can I consume? What actually breaks a fast? We don't have real hard science on that, <laughs> on like what actually breaks a fast. Um, however, we do understand that there's kind of a certain threshold, which it's a floating threshold for each individual, but I, I believe kind of the scientific consensus is um, somewhere less than 40% of like your normal calorie load, um, you know, stretched out over like, you know, a portion of days will suppress these sensors. Is that correct? Well, I, I think that's a, that's an overgeneralization. I, I think yeah. the story is very complex, right? It is really not just calories. Calories mm -hmm. are one component, right, but also right. the nutrient macronutrients. That's right. And, but not also, not only that, but also how you, how you, what's the mixes of, of the food you're putting together? Because is eventually is the speed at which the cells are seeing th these nutrients, not just the total amount, right? So yeah. it's What's what? How much food or nutrients are they seeing at a given time? So there is also a time factor there as well. Right. And so how do you mix the food? Um, you know, what's the macronutrients? What's the total calories? And also perhaps there may be a different threshold for different goals that you need to stress. For example, if you if you are uh, looking to support healthy aging. Um, uh, versus a very specific health goals, maybe there are there could be some different threshold as well. Yeah, yeah. And so the fasting mimicking diet is something I, I lump in this category of partial fasting, where it's you know not a not a true strict fast, um, and it's in the extended fasting category because traditional approach is is basically roughly five days, um, <clears throat> which gives you you know is is an extended fasting approach but it's less calories and it's low glycemic foods because we know foods that are higher glycemic, you're going to really bump up your insulin. And insulin is one of these key hormone sensors. It's going to activate more of that mTOR pathway. It's going to inhibit autophagy. So we've got to keep insulin under control. It's also lower in protein because we know that protein and a lot of free form amino acids are going to activate the mTOR pathway as well. Is that correct? That's correct. And I, I, I prefer to use the term, not partial, but I call them a molecular or cellular fast. Okay. You know, I, I really look at it as, as different kinds of fast. You know, the fast, the term fast in our lingo, in our language means no food. It's a behavioral fast, mm -hmm. meaning that I'm not putting any food in my mouth. Yeah. But to the cells, it's not so much. There's always nutrients flowing in the body, by the way. So the cell, right, always, even when you're completely fasting, there's still nutrients going. It's really a matter of the threshold. And so if you give nutrients below that detection threshold, 
is cellular fast. The cells are in a fasting state. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's a concept. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, how does the fasting mimicking diet sounds like an oxymoron? How, how do you have fast and food together, right? Mm -hmm. But but unless you, you really understand on the cell side, it's always seeing nutrients. Even if you're fasting, you're still seeing some nutrients. Yeah, right? sure. So it's, it's really a matter of threshold. So how do you bump up the threshold so that it becomes a nourished fast? That's where we've taken what science has what what nature has designed, and, and how we've used science to develop to hack this this uh, molecular fast definition, so we can help people, many more people, to take on the benefits to receive the benefits of prolonged fast, without actually going through the burn or the danger of a prolonged fast. Right, and so let's talk about how the fasting, like the actual mechanics of the fasting mimicking diet. You know, so somebody orders the Prolon uh, five-day pack, they get their food in, you know, these little boxes and, uh, you know, they start consuming it. So let's talk about the mechanics of it. Like how many meals per day, roughly calories, rough macronutrients, what makes yeah. it, you know, so effective. And, and obviously you guys have done a lot of research on it and uh, I'm sure you've had a lot of different iterations to, to really dial it in. So like yeah. what... What have you learned through that process, and how do how is the how do the mechanics work with it? Yeah, let, let's uh, begin by by maybe going over a little bit of the story, the birthplace of this. Yeah, concept. this really started with Professor Walter Longo, right? Who is uh, um, a scientist, and he had uh, looked into he you know all his passion was around uh, the intersection between nutrition, longevity, and fasting. And he, he really was able to figure out, wow, a lot of these pathways are activated or inactivated, um, can be activated or inactivated through nutrient manipulation. And, uh, and he also realizes uh, that how difficult it is to get people to adopt a fasting regimen. And think about like, if we go on vacation, we say, oh, it's going to be a beautiful location, a beautiful hotel, but guys, no food. I mean, <laughs> that's a terrible vacation, right? And food is such into our, uh, so much integrating our culture. Sure. Uh, so, so I think the, the creativity and, and, and the ingeniousness of, of the fasting living diet is, uh, approach is how do we provide nutrition that gives you many of the benefits of fasting rather than let's go and fast. Of course, if you can do it, go ahead and do it. If it's safe, if it's safe for you to do it, go ahead and do it. Uh, mm -hmm. But for many people, it's much easier. And so can we give you a nutrition solution that, that has many of the benefits? And so, and therefore we can apply that fasting is good for everybody. And that's really our goal. So the mechanic is this. So the first day, you know, actually it's a five-day journey. So each day you only consume the food that's inside the prolong package. Yep. Okay, you just add water. There, there's soup in there, there's crackers, uh, there are vitamins in there, there are specially formulated L1 uh, L drink there to help to preserve your muscle uh, mass during, uh, during the prolonged uh, fasting period. Everything is thought through, you know, in terms of how much nutrients, how much micronutrients, how much macronutrients, how, uh, how many calories there is. First day is kind of your intro day is the easier yeah. day. You know, it's got more uh, nutrition than day two through day five. But with each day, you know, first day when you consume that, you're getting body ready uh, for, for the cellular process. You're probably using some of the glycogen stored in, in your liver. By second day, you're shifting into fat burning. And then most of that fat is going to be your visceral fat. Yeah. And somewhere between second and third day is probably where autophagy happens and that cellular cleanse happening. Mm -hmm. and, and you cannot just start the autophagy and say, we're done. I mean, you got to let it clean. <laughs> you know, you got to let the cleaning take, take, take place for a couple of days. And that's where three, four, uh, five days really occur. And then we generally, after the five days, now your body has gone through that cleanse, cellular cleanse. Now it's time for refeeding. And this yeah. is where we welcome um, uh, those who fasted to really pay attention to introduce, reintroduce good, clean food back to their body. Mm, yeah. And because also through that autophagy process, the body also says, all right, we need to, we need new cells. Like we need 
some new young cells in here to replace some of these old damaged cells that we really didn't have the energy to repair or wasn't worth it to repair. So it starts to increase stem cell production. And then that refeeding process starts to really feed and strengthen those stem cells. I think this is an active area of research. Uh, we yeah. do see plenty of that in the lower forms of organisms. Yeah. Uh, the big question is, well, how, how far does that occur in humans? Mm. And what, what are its implications in many of the disease conditions? Uh, Alnitra is committed to doing uh, these type of research to further our understanding of how prolonged fasting can modulate these disease processes. Uh, but this is a serious discussion when you're talking yeah. about disease prevention and treatment. And I think, I think uh, you know, a lot more research needs to be done at the moment. And uh, we're one of those major forces that is investing the efforts to look into that very important aspect. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. When it comes to any sort of uh, disease claims or anything like that. Um, and, and we also know some of the magic that comes in that process is the production of ketones. So the body starts breaking down fat for fuel. And most of the cells can utilize fatty acids as an energy source. And it's a really great energy source, very energy efficient, very clean, less oxidative stress that's produced when you burn fat for fuel, as opposed to burning glucose for fuel. Um, however, we can't get those fatty acids up across the blood brain barrier. So when we're in a time where we're not getting a whole lot of nutrients, we, we need an alternative fuel source to glucose to get into the brain. And that's where the liver will convert fatty acids into ketones, a water-soluble molecule, smaller molecule that can get into the blood-brain barrier. And those ketones really have a powerful effect on brain physiology. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, you know, religious traditions, spiritual traditions, um, you know, people have experienced really great mental clarity, breakthroughs, um, you know, when they're in that fasted state, these ketones suppress inflammatory pathways in the brain and uh, really provide a great clean energy source in the brain. Yeah, I think that's really an exciting area. Uh, yeah. I, there, there've been a lot of research uh, uh, looking into how does the alternative fuel source such as ketones and, and fats uh, change the way um, uh, health is being supported and mm. how um, that could uh, modulate the disease, the progression or prevention very, very exciting. I mean, even if you look into the, the, uh, the medical research literature today versus three years ago, we have a lot more investigators, a lot more researchers uh, devoting their energy looking into this than even yes. three years ago. It's an exciting time to be. Very exciting. Yep. Now, what, obviously, you guys are doing a lot of research with uh, the fasting mimicking diet. And you're also, you guys have been using this now just in clinical settings with people, I mean, literally all over the world. What kind of results are you guys seeing on a regular basis? Yeah, I think, you know, maybe for the purpose of this podcast, let, let's focus on what it does for the general consumers who yeah. are healthy and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, because the, the disease uh, uh, areas really remain an intensive area for, for investigation. Of course. Now, I would say there are four different levels of impact uh, for people who are seeking healthy aging process. So the, the first is, is, is the most obvious one. That is, you know, after a couple of cycles of prolon, you're going to see your waist circumference reduce. Your, your girth is going to reduce. That is such a good news because... You know, the central fat, the body's abdominal fat, right? The fat in the belly does all kinds of best stuff, right? We actually want to reduce uh, the, the, the fats inside our, our belly. We know that fasting preferentially uses fat instead of muscle as a source of fuel. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize this. You know, when you are losing weight from a low calorie, from all kinds of sources, just low calorie in general, when you lose weight, you're losing muscle weight as well, as much as you're losing fat weight. Yeah. However, when you do these prolonged fasting, because there's stress, when there's stress, a lot of the stress hormone is going to go up. Stress hormone, including the growth hormone, is going yeah. to preserve the muscle mass. And so that's a different mechanism than a two months of low calorie diet where you're going to lose a lot of uh, yeah. muscle mass you know, the, the, the fasting, it's a fat driven weight loss. You're going right. to lose the fat. You're going to preserve the, the, the lean body mass, especially with prolon, especially formulated to drive that result. So that, that's the number one you're going to see. 
weight loss and fat-driven weight loss. Number two, yeah, uh, you're gonna see uh, cellular impact uh, because of these repeated cycles of fasting and nourishment, as we talked a little bit earlier. Uh, your overall uh, markers of general nutrition status, uh, as reflected in IGF one, is actually going to be lower, and we have studies to show that. That means that wow, even you're just doing five days a month, your IGF one level is lower. And yeah. that's a great global signal to say, don't grow all the time, take a mm. break from time to time. And you just need five days to drive that kind of results, which is really gospel to yeah. a lot of the listeners. Yeah, what's interesting is that human growth hormone and IGF-1 usually are coupled together. However, when we're fasting, we're elevating growth hormone, which helps preserve lean body mass, bone tissue, uh, muscle tissue, but we're suppressing that IGF one, which is kind of elevating the overall growth and cell reproduction. That's absolutely right. David, you're a, a, an expert on this. <laughs> I love this topic. I actually wrote a book on fasting transformation. So yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah, this is ab absolutely right. So that's the second level, you know, that lowering the IGF one signaling that the cells are responding to the metabolic environment in a different way. Number three, it's the it's the, the the sort of the emotional aspect. A lot of people fast and they realize, hey, I have more mental clarity. You know, I have, I have more focus. You know, my energy is better. Yeah. And uh, it's not surprising if you look at uh, if you look at if you're a fan of National Geographic, which I am. <laughs> I watch these yeah. big cats all the time. Hey, when they're fasting, they're never tired. Think about it. They're never. Oh, I am too. Yeah. I'm too. I'm too hungry to hunt. Never. Never. When they're hungry and when they go through fasting, what happens? It, it, it triggers their instinct for hunting. Mm. Yeah, so their brain, they have to be activated. Yeah. If every time they go through a fasting period, they say, oh, forget it. I, I, I lose interest in life. Species would have gone extinct a yeah. long time ago. So a lot, of, a lot of people go through these periodic fasting, these prolonged fasting. They have increased energy. They have mental clarity. And then the fourth uh, impact that, that uh, prolonged gives you is behavior change. Why? Five days where you're divorcing from your addicted food, whatever it is, it changes the chemistry, it changes the relationship with food. Mm. So, so much so that after five days, the most common question people ask is, Dr. Shu, what do I eat now? Because I've gone through this journey. I've I felt better. I know that I, I, I have abused my body before. Now I'm ready to make a change after five days. I don't want to stop, sabotage my, my body anymore. What do I eat? That's when people are totally motivated. Yeah. And, and so much so that we actually uh, bought a piece of land in, in Long Valley, New Jersey, where we brought these non-GMO, uh, non-genetic modified food seeds. We actually started a farm oh that's great so that we could provide clean nutrition yeah organic uh sustainably farmed no pesticides no herbicides and yeah. so yeah. we can send these food to people who after they they finish a five-day fast to to go on a, 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 a pescatarian or vegetarian based diet for the next couple of days now should we always eat well obviously should we always exercise obviously yeah. but for those of us who are not saints for those of you who fall short from time to time, uh, this is a great regimen uh, for yeah. us to, to kickstart our, our healthy living in 2022. Now, what's a good regimen? Like how often should somebody do a fasting mimicking diet? Obviously, it's going to be goal dependent. It's yeah. going to be dependent on a number of different variables. But what yeah. are you guys typically seeing with people? Like as far as how often they're doing it? Yeah. So if you have weight to lose, if you want to lose visceral fat, if yeah. you have a very specific goal, we ask you, you know, monthly for about three, four months, you can drive your cycle. Now that's a general recommendation. You ought to talk to your healthcare provider yeah. you know, if you have any specific concerns, but once you reach your metabolic goal, it, you could do it as infrequently as every three, four months. Yeah. Because, you know, it's almost like, look, you know, um, you need a weekly clean uh, cleaning around the house. But when spring comes, everybody's going to do a spring cleaning, right? Yeah. Because that's a deeper cleanse. And that's what the body, what well, often I will recommend. Hey, look, if your body, your house is totally in a mess, you got to do it more, more, more frequently. But once, if you really maintain your house well, then every seasonal change 
that's a great time to change, you know, to wash your curtain, to shampoo your carpet. And that's in fact what pollen does to all your cells in the body. Yeah, I think that's great. And so guys, if you want to try this fasting mimicking diet, what you do is basically you order um, you know, the, the, the box and they send you the food. So you don't have to really think about it. You don't have any food prep, which is nice, especially when you're, um, you know, fasting, you don't really want to spend time doing that, which frees you up for time to do a lot of other things. And, um, you know, and then also gives you the proportions the proper proportions, all scientifically validated, um, that you follow. And so you basically, you just follow this protocol, right. And this program, and, um, you know, and they, and they just kind of walk you right through the whole process. And so, you know, it's very effective. Lots of people are doing it all over the world. Um, and where do people find more information on this? Where do they, where do they find that? If you're interested in this, uh, this uh, solution that we have already put together for you, you could go on to Prolong FMD. FMD yeah. stands for Fasting Mimicking Diet, prolongfmd.com. Uh, yeah. There is a intermittent fasting solution. Mm, uh, some people say, well, I don't want to do the five days. I just, I don't I want, I want to do the time restricted eating through intermittent fasting. We also have something called a fast bar, the same FMD technology. And you could find out more information from fastbar.com. Fastbar.com. So there you go. So Prolon, um, what FMD. was the website there? ProlonFMD.com. ProlonFMD.com. And then also fastbar.com. So definitely check that out, guys. And I know a portion of your guys' proceeds also goes into research, um, just funding more and more research on these breakthroughs because, you know, somebody's got to fund research and research is expensive. And so when you have a pharmaceutical product or something like that, it's a lot easier to get funding as opposed to fasting. You don't really make money teaching people not to eat, unfortunately, therefore there's less funding that goes into that. And so we need some sort of funding vehicle so we can really understand more of these great benefits and get more people excited and get this out into the mainstream, this sort of strategy. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing with that and anything new and exciting that you guys are working on with that. Well, I mean, we uh, currently have 17 clinical trials that we're mm. running uh, all around the globe in, in various uh, uh, health interests. Um, this is, uh, uh, we're a different type of company uh, yeah. because we want to uh, introduce new ways whereby people can tap into what they already have inside their bodies. And as you mentioned, I mean, there's not a lot of people doing research uh, in this area, uh, but thankfully there are more and more interest because uh, at least pre pre preliminarily, we're seeing a, a great, uh, great results uh, from yeah. a lot of these uh, early trials. Uh, do we need to do more? Of course. Do we need to understand more and deeper? That's exactly uh, why we're committed. El Nutra um, is, is, is the name of the company. So if you're interested uh, more about our technology platform, our thought, our philosophy, and our approach to really hacking health, uh, please check out l-nutra.com. Yeah, that's so good. And, uh, you know, I would be so interested too to see more research on people that are, you know, in a fat adapted state, right? And really, you know, I think one of the big things that, that one of the common questions people are always asking is when does autophagy start, right? And we don't really have a great way of measuring that at this point. And that's something that we'd all love to know. And it's obviously very different for each individual. And part of that difference depends on how, how metabolically flexible their body is, how good their body is at burning fat for fuel, and how insulin sensitive they are. And so the more insulin sensitive you are, um, because you're practicing this, this sort of lifestyle on a regular basis, you're intermittent fasting, maybe you're doing fasting mimicking diets, you're exercising, sleeping well, all those key strategies you're going to get into a state where you are in autophagy or at least, um, you know, a certain threshold of autophagy with a lower level of like, you won't have to fast quite as long, um, in order to get into that state. And we'd all be interested to know more about like where that is right. And figuring that out. So I'm excited to see, you know, as, uh, as we get more and more research on this, some of the breakthroughs that come with it. I think the, the medical world is, uh, is equally intrigued and, yeah. uh, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about fasting. Yeah, so good. 
Well, Dr. Shu, this has been a great interview. Really enjoyed our conversation here and really want to just acknowledge all the great work that you're doing with El Nutra, getting this research out, getting this message out. And, uh, you know, I always say fasting is the most ancient, inexpensive, and powerful healing strategy known to mankind, right? I mean, reality is this is something all of us can adopt to some level in our lifestyle. Of course, if you have major medical conditions, um, unique conditions, certainly, uh, you know, talk with your, 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 your doctor before starting anything like this. Um, however, this is something at some level, whether it's time restrictive feeding, like a 12, 12, like you talked about, uh, doing a fasting mimicking diet, this is something that we want to be considering and, um, you know, and looking for ways that we can implement this into our lifestyle. So thanks so much for your time. Any last words of inspiration for our audience here? Let's do it. Yeah. Start today. I think you don't have to wait for another year to start uh, uh, taking steps to your, uh, towards your health. Uh, I love what you said earlier. You can start with 12-12. Yeah. You know, 12 hours of eating, 12 hours not eating. I think that's a great way to start the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even when my wife was pregnant, she was doing a 12-12. My kids, I have young kids, they do a 12-12, right? This is something that it's very easily easy to implement and a great place to start. And, you know, if you want to take things to the next level, definitely check out uh, the fasting mimicking diet, check out some intermittent fasting strategies, things like that. So guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to rate and review it and we will see you on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.